Yay. We're here. <laughs> it's March, y'all. I could say y'all. I like dropping that every now and then. Welcome to Tea and Contemplation. Thanks for joining us for a new month. Our theme together this month is uh, Alone Together. So each month here in the space, we explore um, a concept that we can gradually start to unwind and unravel each week. And just thinking on what it means, means to us to be in practice together, um, to be creating a space for intention in our lives and a little space we can breathe. You know, take up some room to hopefully relax a little bit uh, and to be in good company while we do so. And so transitioning to the spring season, things might start to look good and feel a little bit different in your practice. So it's just something to be mindful of. There's not a specific way this needs to look like as we get into the tea part of this. Um, you're very welcome to invite things into your space that feel like they can bring some awareness to some transition outside. And that's, you know, of course gonna look different depending on where you're tuning in from. Um, I have this sweet little viney plant here. Oh, a little baby plant friend. That's very nice. You may also want to change something like the tea bowl that you're using, something maybe has different color or shape to it that might feel like a sense of lightness to it. Your tea itself might also change. You know, in the winter, we typically have these really heavy, rich, dark teas. And as we start to go to spring, it's, it can feel nice to gradually practice with something that's a little bit lighter. So thinking on just what you're inviting into your space today uh, as we're settling in and getting your hot water started while you nest and make everything nice and comfortable, feel free to take your time. We go nice and slow here. So in this practice, so if you're not exactly at the point that I might be sharing something, don't worry, like, well, I'll get there. It's fine. Basically, we just need a tea bowl or a mug or something that feels comfortable to hold during our, our practice. We're going to just brew our loose leaf tea right in here. You need a, a tea of your choice, something leafy and fun, and it seems nice and of the moment. And you may not know what that is. That's okay if you don't know what that is. It's all a discovery, right? But we'll use our senses to help inform that process. You may also like to have a notepad or journal or something if anything kind of comes to mind that you want to capture. So let's go ahead and take a moment to get settled into our space. So adjusting our posture where we're sitting, you know, we've been sitting one way for a few minutes as we're just getting everything set up making a conscious transition now to practice sitting, right? The intentional sitting. So even if it's just like a small little adjustment, just something that helps you feel more centered and poised, alert, that brings your awareness to where you're sitting and how you are. Somewhere that you can notice your feet making contact with the floor. And you can notice the weight of your body sinking into the cushion that supports you, allowing the arms and the hands to relax. 
traveling up and sending this kind and relaxing energy towards the neck into the weight of the whole head and your face and eyes can close if that feels comfortable and like it helps you focus or it could be just resting gently looking at the t-bowl in front of you this little space of possibility that exists inside the t-bowl and then gradually bringing the attention inward once all that surface outside has had a chance to arrange itself and to settle and to just be where it needs to be. Turning the attention inward to just observe and notice how you're breathing today in a way that we're not trying to assess or answer a question or direct it in any sort of way, but just to watch it in the same way that you can watch your T-bowl and just watch your breath. Just noticing where do you sense the most movement in the body today, this particular time that you're practicing? When you take an inhale, and where do you notice the most movement or sensation when you release into exhale? And as we're just gently watching the breath. Perhaps notice the general fluidity of how the breath is moving. Does it sort of seem like this nice undulation of one to the next? Or is there like a little edge point where you can distinctly feel the beginning of one end of the other. And which one do you feel the edge more? allowing ourselves a few moments at the beginning of our practice to check in with ourselves and see how we are. And to extend an invitation to ourselves that accepting however we are showing up today is really all we need to do. We don't need to be or try to do anything else. Our tea will accept us however we show up. It teaches us how to do the same. And whenever you feel ready, once we've had a nice little check-in with ourselves. We can transition our thoughts and our awareness 
to start to incorporate our tea, to invite our tea into this little sense of inner world exploration. So taking a little moment to pause and say hello to your tea that you're inviting in your space today. Holding your tea with both hands and exploring, just exploring with the fingertips how this particular tea sounds and what it feels like and what colors there are. So the one that I'm using today for this not quite springtime is a lightly roasted oolong. It's called Water Sprite, for those of you who are, are tea fans. And I like this tea because it's very gently earthy and mineral. It looks dark, but actually it's, it's a very light tea when it brews. And it reminds me of those spring rains that are coming and the smell of snow as it's melting here in Chicago. And so say hello to your tea, maybe bringing your tea to your nose, breathing in and out over the leaves and just see what you notice. What is being offered to you today that your senses are able to pick up? And also just taking a moment to notice how your senses are, you know, as they start to wake up, we become more alert in this practice, more focused on what we're doing with our tea. We might start to notice more. And once you have had a sense to get to know your tea and connect with it on this particular occasion, go ahead and serve yourself a little bit of leaves. So nice little pinch, whatever feels like a good little spoonful for you. Noticing what it's like to actually use the fingertips to do this versus perhaps maybe the way that we make tea during other times of the day, we're using a spoon, we're scooping into a container for unwrapping a tea bag. What is it like to actually just pick them up, put them in a cup or in a bowl? How does that feel to do something just a little bit different? And if your hot water is just about ready, we can get our kettle. Moving in your space however you need to Get your hot water. Once you have your kettle in hand, just taking a moment to pause and feeling the weight of the water as you're holding it. A conscious decision of awareness before we begin the tea part. The picking up of the kettle is one activity and then the transition to Offering water to the tea is another. So we pause and we just observe this transition. And then we slowly add water over our tea in whatever sort of soothing pattern that we might like to, to play with today. Whatever nice little spiral, little showering down, making circles over the leaf. It's going as slow as we can with the type of kettle we have. Noticing what that's like to adjust 
angled pitch of it so that you can make the stream a little bit more slow so that you can observe the moment water meets leaf. And then once you've added the water to the tea, just pausing to appreciate this lovely little scene that is being offered up to you. Warm mist that is swirling and making cloud patterns above the bowl. And perhaps little beads of mist that are collecting along the inside edge and turning into slightly larger beads and making their way back down to rejoin the tea in this little cycle of water moving in the bowl. The same cycle that we see in the springtime of things being absorbed, things returning back in a form that we may know, we may recognize and remember, and sometimes in new forms, things we haven't seen in a while. Noticing the leaves softening inside the water. And notice that they're not all doing it all at the same time. But it is a leaf by leaf coordinated movement. They start to soften and unwind. Some might slightly change color too. is a slow transition. It's a slow melting. And if we take our cup and we lift it to bring it to our nose and see what happens, see what we notice. this lovely fragrant breath of the tea that rises up to greet you. And as we practice together, you might notice, even if this is the same tea that you have had previously sometime during the winter, that it might feel differently now. Certain qualities might seem like they stand out a little bit more now that we move and orient ourselves in this different way to the environment around us. We invite a sense of easing into something, melting, and different things reveal themselves. So what reveals itself to your tea, inside your tea today?
If the temperature seems okay, we can take a sip. It's moving at your own pace and your own time, enjoying that first sip. Noticing what it's like inside the nose and inside the mouth. What it feels like to roll the tongue around. Sensation inside the cheeks and in the throat as we swallow. Just moving at your own pace. Whenever you feel called to take sips of tea, just a sip or two, and then consciously resting between. Just pausing to notice that little extra addition of tea. Just a little bit more water. What happens when we pay attention? Spring is a time when there's periods that things move incrementally, little tiny buds, little small flowers, and things that can happen briefly, little flowers that are around for just a short time. They make a brief appearance and they give way to the next flower that might be around a little bit longer. Leaves that will stay buds on a tree for weeks at a time. And some things in spring happen almost in an instant. A distinct change when it's the first really warm day. Or when cherry trees and plum trees bloom and release all the flower in a spectacular show. So in your cup today, notice what is being released. Would you describe it as something that's going slow or something that is coming really quickly? And spring is not only a time of expansion, there's also a sense of contraction in spring. There's random days where it gets really cold again. In this part of the country, there's days where there could even be snow. The sense of almost freezing up again, only to thaw a short time later.
And as you're sipping your tea, you may notice a sense of that, especially as you get closer to the leaves, somewhere in the middle or the bottom of the bowl. There might be a depth or an intensity there that causes a sense of physical contraction. Like maybe your mouth just gets a little bit more puckery or something in the throat or in the belly, which is a different sensation to notice. So as you're sipping your tea, what sort of different sensations do you notice throughout the whole as it's changing? From the beginning, from this first sip, as we sit and observe it and we get a little bit further in, a little bit closer to those earthy, leafy gems at the bottom, as they start to melt and offer up a little bit more. Where is there a sense that we can notice both expansion and contraction in the same bowl? What is that like to be with something that is in movement? What is it like in the body to invite that in? Do you have preference perhaps for one or the other? That's okay if you do. Or do you enjoy the back and forth of this? The going up, the coming down, the warmer, the colder, the slow bloom, the fast bloom. Just beginning our practice this spring with honestly having the space to ask ourselves, how do we feel about transition? In whatever form that takes place at any time of year. And that the answer to that can be whatever we need, whatever we want, whatever we're feeling in that moment. The asking the question is the important part. As we sit and sip our tea today, and perhaps at some point, maybe adding a little bit more water, seeing what else comes up to the surface, what else the tea is offering to you, allow yourself the space to ask those questions, to see how you feel, knowing that your own position, your own space where you're at, it can be totally different to somebody else's. You might still feel very kind of sleepy, sort of like there's a lot more thawing to happen for you than somebody else. Or you might feel like that fluffy, bright cherry blossom that's ready to go, ready to jump into summer even. All of the possibility in between is totally okay.
I'd like to start by just sharing uh, a mantra. Uh, this mantra is called the Maha Mrityunjaya Mantra. And uh, it is a very revered mantra in the Shaivite Tantric tradition, as far as I understand the lineage of this, this sound. Uh, taught to me by my teacher, taught to my teacher by his teacher, taught to his teacher by their teacher, by their teacher, by their teacher, by their teacher, by their teacher. And so there's this really lovely um, thing about learning mantra, how when you embody the sound, you're sort of embodying the ancestry of your studies. And I, I enjoy um, tapping into the kind of prismatic wisdom of mantra, that there are just so many different dimensions on which the sound practices can resonate. Um, <clears throat> I actually don't really have great proficiency in the translation of this mantra, um, which is something every time I share it in a class, I think about that. I'm like, oh, you know, I should, I should like learn more. I mean, I, I've read things, <laughs> but I think on some level I'm not interested. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, take that for what it is. Uh, what, I, what I do know about this mantra is that uh, it is... Uh, not interested is the wrong way to say it. Um, I know that translation from Sanskrit is always clunky and very difficult to, um, and, and very much determined by the translator, right? Um, their perspective. Many Sanskrit words have like prismatic meaning. There's, it can mean one thing in one context, something else in another. Um, so, you know, the encouragement when you're studying Sanskrit is to just listen to it, actually. To just really give yourself the opportunity to become immersed in the field of sound. So maybe just a little bit of nourishment for the intellect before I move into the sound is that this is a chant that um, is considered to be a very revered healing chant. And it works with twin principles of growth and decay and dissolution. Yajamahe Sugandhim Pushti Vardhanam 
I'm going to chant it three more times, this time with a little bit of a faster rhythm. And uh, now that you know what's coming at you, <laughs> I encourage you to just uh, see, just play a little game inside. I, maybe close your eyes or, um, or keep the gaze focused on the tea bowl in front of you. And um, when you hear a sound, ask yourself where in the body the sound is touching. Om Trayambakam Yajamahe Sugandhim Pushti Vardhanam Urdvarukam Evabandhanan Mrityur Mukshiyam Amritat Om Trayambakam Yajamahe Sugandhim Pushti Vardhanam Urdvarukam Evabandhanan Mrityur Mukshiyam Amritat Om Trayambakam Yajamahe Sugandhim Pushti Vardhanam Urdvarukam Evabandhanan Mrityur Mukshiyam Amritat Om So, maybe you noticed that there is this really interesting dimension of sound where, of course, all of the sound um, is being received by the instrument of the ears. Like, that is, that is real, <laughs> right? <clears throat> and yet, there is um, a full-body sensory experience to receiving sound. And there are actually um, really beautiful, interesting systems for this in the Hindu traditions um, in regard to bija, mantra, short sounds that are, that are considered like, okay, this sound is going to hit in this way in the body. And just receiving sound is like a way of, um, of aligning the body in the same way that, you know, a lot of people use yoga postures to work on alignment. You can work on alignment through sound. So in this way, you know, the body is always blooming. The body is always blooming in response to the sensory field. It's not just sound. It's blooming in response to vision. It's blooming in response to taste. That's part of the reason why this tea practice is so quietly profound. that there are actually so many portals into this universe within. And which portal we choose is kind of like asking, you know, what is my love language? 
You know, some people like gifts, some people like touch. Same thing, but it's, um, I guess, the love language between you and spirit is, is a way you might say that. So, how do we de-thaw in harmony with this season? You know, one of my teachers, James Tennant, talks about this concept of living in harmony with nature. And this is, of course, drawing from the Ayurveda uh, traditions, <clears throat> ancient Indian medicinal system um, that looks at each of the seasons as a kind of dance of elemental forces. And so, you know, you want to join the dance party. You know, you don't want to be doing the cha-cha while everybody else is twerking. That's essentially like living in harmony with nature. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know why those are the two dances that came, came to mind. <laughs> um, so, you know, what is, what is this dethawing process? This process of moving from like solidity, frozen stuckness to fluidity. That's part of it, certainly, right? So we can, we can look at this water element as being really important during this time. Accessing water. And for our emotional processes, that might mean letting out some tears. Letting ourselves cry. Letting ourselves grieve. We're not really encouraged to create the space to do things like that. I doubt you have a boss that's like, from 11 to 11.45 on Tuesday, we're going to have a good cry. <laughs> I hope you do. I, I hope that you have that boss. But, you know, I think for most of us, um, we have to prioritize grieving. No one's going to put that on the calendar for us, you know. And even just saying it, like I'm aware how terrifying that sounds. Or someone's supposed to come home from work and then like step into a grieving practice. That just sounds devastating, sounds depleting, exhausting. But when we look at grief from a distance like that, like, ugh, don't want to touch that, we, I, we, we ignore the parts of it that are nourishing, that are blooming inside of the body. In my own practice of grieving, there has just been so much surprising joy. So much surprising joy once I step into allowing myself to, to grieve because grief is, is like a, it's a, it's a tendril, right? It's like a, it's a connection or an access point to connection. And I think when we do not grieve, it increases our isolation. So maybe that's just a, a question for you. Um, what, what do you need to grieve? 
what do you need to grieve? And what might be the love language of your grieving process? What might be the form that your grief practice would like to take? And you can't really ask that question of the intellect. It really has no idea. I think that that question has to be immersed in the tea bowl at the heart center. And so I'm maybe wondering if Suze might lead us into contemplation with a couple rounds of uh, the beautiful tea pranayama practice that she's cultivated. Suze, are you, are you comfortable with that? Oh, sure. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Actually, you know, I, I want to say too, um, something that occurred to me that I think is um, a relevant share around this topic of how, Adam, how you've described the importance of the element of water is um, in the traditional cultures where tea comes from, spring, the, the spring season, the element is wood, but in order for wood to be healthy, it has to have water. And that water, water is the element of the winter season. So as we're moving and transitioning from one to the other, the release of the water, you know, the, the allowance of being able to grieve makes wood healthy. Otherwise it's dried out. It can't do anything. It can't be flexible. It can't grow. And so this, this way of understanding how we move in the world, that it's not just one step from one thing to the next, but it is a very ingrained process is so beautifully illustrated, even just that transition from winter to spring, the importance of honoring how connected that they are. So that was something that, that stood out to me. I wanted to just mention if that's interesting for anybody to know as we're discussing kind of elemental theory here. So inviting ourselves back to a place where we can be centered, maybe adjusting the posture so we're sitting upright again. And just noticing the being centered and noticing if you can now with a little bit of tea inside you, that point of deep down gravity, perhaps in the low belly, perhaps you might feel it somewhere in the pelvic bowl near the base of the spine. The sense of kind of concentrated energy. If you were the tea bush or a tree of your choice, I'm going to choose tea, but you could be an oak tree or a cherry tree or something. That that center concentration might be the channels that carry the water up through the trunk and through the layers of all that creates the wood for you, all the way to the bark, all the way to the skin on the surface. And if you have your tea close by, even if there's just a few sips left, go ahead and pick up your bowl and holding it with two hands. Two hands is a way of inviting in full attention and focus. 
and bringing it physically closer to the body. And holding it at the point that is between, in the yogic realm, we would say the heart center and near the navel. So this area, just below the rib cage, this is the solar plexus. This is a particularly interesting energetic point of reference in the body because it is both close to the heat, close to the digestive center. It's also close to elements in the body that are associated with water, such as the kidneys. And so it's this beautiful place where both intersect. And holding the tea in this way is also a more relaxed posture for the body. Notice that the shoulders don't have to lift up. The elbows are just easy and open. The wrists are in a neutral alignment. The full weight of the cup can sink into the hands. And noticing the weight of the teacup in the hands and seeing again if we can feel that weight in the body as well. And where that point is, it might be exactly at the point that you're holding the tea bowl, or it could be a little bit above or below or anywhere else that you imagine. And then now bringing your tea bowl to your nose again. Breathing in the aroma that's there. And noticing where that travels inside the body inside the tree, how far down it goes. And if you have a little bit of tea left, taking a sip here. Swallowing that tea. And then on your exhale, breathing out slowly through the nose. In your mind's eye, following that T all the way down to that very center and to the point where you feel it making contact with what might be your roots. And at your leisure, as you like and only as much as you want, taking another sip. With this awareness, we swallow and then notice a long exhale through the nose afterward. And following that tea all the way down to the earth. And noticing within yourself points of movement, points of water moving around in the cells and the fascia of the body that nourish, that give you the ability to be flexible and to grow. And how does that nourish the wood, so the bones and the muscles? Both are together. 
and consider for a moment, how does the tea help you notice the connection of those, of water and wood, the different properties and energy that they bring to our everyday awareness. Let's take a moment here to enjoy space of quiet and sipping as much tea as you feel called to help physically assist you with this noticing. Thank you for uh, joining us for Tea and Contemplation today. I uh, started my share with the Maha Mrityunjaya Mantra, and you can find that all over the internet. Um, it's hard to spell, M-A-H-A-M-R-T-Y-U-N-J-A-Y-A is usually how it's, how it's translated. Um, and I think, uh, oh, I mentioned Ayurveda. Uh, if you've never encountered that word before, wow, that's a rabbit hole. Um, but a, a person, a person that I think is a good, like very accessible beginner friendly guide is the teacher I mentioned, James Tennant. And, um, he offers an intro to Ayurveda course every few months. He also offers these really beautiful living in harmony with nature courses. Um, so if you're curious about that, you can find him at Tejas Yoga, T-E-J-A-S Yoga, Chicago.com. Uh, if you have any questions for me, I'm at info at adamgrassi.com. My last name is spelled G-R-O-S-S-I. Over to you, Suze. I like seeing you spell out loud like that and having to think about it because I'm, I'm the same way. Like, <laughs> type and write spelling really excellent I you know but like <laughs> yeah, doing yeah. it verbally it's just oh god unless it's in front of me I just don't mean I don't know <laughs> to like yeah. look for it somewhere like I'm trying to see it where is it right 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 yeah <laughs> so you guys can reach me at suze s-o-o-z very phonetic very simple at beingt.com 
And those of you who haven't joined us for a live session of Tea and Contemplation, we do this as a, as a group setting Friday mornings at 8 a.m. Central. So if schedule allows, you're very welcome to join us for a little community share after, you know, what you would normally see in the recording here happen. There's a little bit more that goes on. So we'd love to see you in the tea space sometime. Take good care. We'll see you soon. <laughs>